the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day, and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. I'm Selwyn Whitehead, and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney and a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. And so let's translate that into English. That means that after I practiced for several years, I took some additional coursework, and then I sat for an additional bar exam. And it was a bar exam that was focused on bankruptcy law and case law and statutory law and interpretation thereof and case analysis. And so um, I'm one of them. Very few individuals here in the state who has been certified by the state bar to have expertise in bankruptcy law. And my focus is on um, families and small businesses. So I like to do Chapter 13s and 11s. We've gone through the differences here on the show before. And in addition to my JD, I hold a couple of master's degrees in law. It's like I can't get enough of the law. I am a master of the laws of taxation law and a master of the laws of intellectual property laws. And I hope both of my degrees were obtained from one of my favorite alma mater, actually my favorite alma mater, Golden Gate University School of Law that's located in beautiful downtown San Francisco. And because of my training, my experience, and my interests, I primarily practice bankruptcy law, debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and taxation law. And I'm also proud to say that as part of my practice, I'm sometimes able to vindicate the rights of seniors, or at least attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors who find themselves victims of various forms of financial elder abuse. Quite frankly, what generally happens is once you lower the hammer on somebody that has messed with one of my favorite groups of people, old folks, we generally come to some understanding. That's Generally, what happens in the law when someone gets sued and they're caught with their pants down, as it were, they generally offer up to settle. But that's still vindicating the rights of seniors. I am, as always, pleased to be able to come to you once again today from the beautiful KFAX studios in the beautiful San Francisco Bay Area to discuss some of the financial and legal issues confronting families and small business owners. However, As always, I must once again ask you to please note that I do not provide legal advice on this show, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship. Um, Each one of those endeavors requires basically a um, one-on-one 
consultation and fact-finding and fact-gathering before one can give legal advice. Uh, and also before one can have a, an attorney-client relationship, it has to be a one-on-one as opposed to this broadcast that I'm um, um, leading you through here today. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that is tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully provide you with an outline of some of the issues that may help you seek out and find qualified professional help to help you with your problems based on your specific set of facts and circumstances. I do this because, I'm, as I'm known for saying, I believe, it's my opinion that if you represent yourself in a legal matter, it's like taking a butter knife to a gunfight. If you're lucky, you'll get real close to your adversary. You might be able to scratch her on the arm or even poke her in the eye, but more than likely because you're not going to be thoroughly knowledgeable about all of the issues, you're going to find yourself dead on arrival, and that is to say your claim or valid defense is likely to see the promised land way before you do. Let me give you a specific example of representing yourself in a bankruptcy context. You know, I've heard from folks who want to know why it is they, when they filed their own bankruptcy, they filed a Chapter 7, and nothing happened to any of their secured debt, including underwater second liens that I'm going to talk about a, a bit later in the show. Well, if that person or those people had had a lawyer, a lawyer would have been able to tell them, that what they wanted to do, that is to say strip off an unsecured uh, lien, was to file a Chapter 13 or some kind of reorganization bankruptcy. So, um, you know, reading online, um, I, I read a lot of stuff online, but I don't, I didn't read online on how to become a brain surgeon, you know, and sometimes having the right kind of legal help can save your financial life the way a brain surgeon can save your your real life. And so you really shouldn't diagnose yourself either for a medical problem or a legal problem, in my opinion, especially if that legal problem um, deals with keeping a roof over you and, more importantly, your children's uh, head and putting food on the table, which is sometimes what I have to deal with or more importantly, help my clients deal with when I uh, file a bankruptcy for them. So that's why I'm telling you, um, when you don't really understand the law, any area of the law, not just bankruptcy, but real estate law, tax law, you really need to consult with somebody who can help you. Uh, But in in the context of a a bankruptcy filing in Chapter 7, you turn over all of the – your interests in your property to a, a third party that's a trustee. And sometimes if there's enough equity in your house, you might end up uh, with that person selling your house and you being out on the street. So uh, it, it, it's a very complicated bankruptcy, and it has some very long-term uh, consequences that might not be what you're looking for. So uh, that's what I think you need to seek out financial help, and that's what we're trying to do here at Selwyn's Law on KFAX is to discuss the law as it relates to your money or the lack thereof and your overall finances 
and what you may need to consider to protect your family's financial health, wealth, and money-related well-being, as I understand these concepts in this non-threatening forum. So today, I'm going to broach a subject that may appear on the surface to be oxymoronic, that is to say an oxymoron, but in actuality, it's not. I'm going to discuss how bankruptcy can and should be used as a wealth creation tool. And I know you're saying bankruptcy, that's, that's when people are in dire financial straits, they're, they're in distress, and, and they, they don't have any money, they're broke. Well, yeah, that's one reason to file for bankruptcy. Um, if you're broke and you don't have any sources of income coming in, you might want to uh, get rid of many or all of your unsecured debts and keep enough of your non-exempt assets so you can start a fresh, have the fresh start. But that's not the scenario for everyone that um, files for bankruptcy, and it really should not be. It should be part of your toolkit for ways to preserve your wealth in some instances. So what am I talking about? You know, this past Saturday, September 14, 2019, I spent a pleasant midday and part of the afternoon attending the annual Real Estate and Wealth Building Expo and Conference at the Cornerstone Missionary Baptist Church in Oakland, California. I was there as both a presenter and a partaker of valuable financial information from scores of members of the flock of Dr. Lester L. Cannon, who's a senior pastor of that congregation, and others, including a couple banks that I sometimes uh, go up against, but who underwrote this event, making it free for all, and that those banks were Wells Fargo Bank and Bank of the West, And again, they've sponsored the event at the church, making the event, this Wealth Building Expo and Conference, free for all of the attendees. The event was geared towards increasing the financial literacy of members of the diverse African-American faith-based community that surrounded uh, Cornerstone Baptist Church and throughout the Bay Area. And as always, I found, and I, I found it via a very informative um, conference, and I left with a lot of valuable information, some of which I already knew, but it reinforced it because I heard this information articulated uh, from a different perspective, a different vantage, and from other individuals. My fellow presenters included real estate and tax professionals, certified financial advisors, retirement planning experts, home buying counselors for first-time home buyers, financially literacy educators for young people, and several attorneys who practice real property law and the various aspects of estates, wills, and trusts, probate, and trust administration law. And there was even a representative from a prominent mortuary discussing the ways we could fund our final expenses. All in all, I believe this to be a well-thought-out event. So why was I speaker at this event? Um, You know, now, don't get me wrong, uh, because of my training and my expertise, 
I am competent and would have been comfortable discussing any of the topics presented at the event. Well, maybe not the mortuary. Well, not yet anyway. Uh, not, not at least until I become a customer, which I hope will be a long time in the future. But why was I the only attorney invited to discuss bankruptcy at a real estate and wealth building conference? Well, it's because, as I shared with you before, I see debt and wealth as two sides of the same financial coin. And if families and small business owners are going to properly plan for their future, they need to think of bankruptcy as part of their wealth management toolkit. So when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about considering bankruptcy as part of the wealth building toolkit. But first, we're going to take a short break. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our discussion on how and why we all should consider bankruptcy as part of our wealth building toolkit. So why would I think that bankruptcy as a concept, as a construct, as a part of our Constitution and as part of our federal court system should be considered a wealth-building tool. Wealth-building is not only about increasing wealth or building wealth or accumulating wealth, although it is. It's also about protecting wealth and eliminating debt and freeing up income and income-producing assets to create wealth. What What am I talking about? If we look at the three major bankruptcies all over the news today, and by those I include PG&E, Sears, and the brand new uh, bankruptcy that came on the scene this past Sunday, that is to say the maker of OxyContin, uh, Purdue Pharma, they all have in common the goal of preserving as many valuable assets as possible once the bankruptcy estate is formed. And as we've discussed before, as soon as an individual, family, or entity files a bankruptcy, all of their assets become part of the bankruptcy estate. So nobody files for bankruptcy to dilute or diminish the value of a state. That is to say, nobody who's honest, that is. The filing of a bankruptcy is to preserve the value of the assets as of the day the filing and to keep um, even people with righteous claims uh, from pursuing those claims without coming into the bankruptcy court and getting in line and finding their proper place in line to for payouts if there's going to be a, a payout. So people who file for bankruptcy should know that. What happens is the fight in bankruptcy is not over trying to dilute or diminish, as I said, unless you're a dishonest person, but honest people don't. The fight in bankruptcy 
is who gets some, all, or none of the assets that have been preserved upon filing the case. So the same high-level thinking about asset protection and conservation should be used by individuals, families, and small business owners who find themselves in need of the protection that is provided by the bankruptcy court. They should use the same kind of logic and reasoning to preserve these assets as PG&E, who has to deal with hundreds, if not thousands, of consumer claims from the disruption of fires that may or may not have been caused by their electrical equipment. Sears is trying to preserve assets by new leadership that might have bought into the company to arbitrage and sell off the company piece by piece. And Purdue Pharma was put into bankruptcy to try to force a settlement agreement on some entities, counties, and states that don't want to go along with it. It's not that you don't want to protect the assets. It's who's going to get some, all, or none. So bankruptcies, as far as asset protection devices, wealth creation devices, can legitimately be used for saving and protecting assets that are in jeopardy of being lost to an individual's family or small business's secured priority and unsecured creditors. That function serves to preserve the current value of the assets as well as those assets' appreciation. So, for example, if you're going to lose your home that's worth $500,000 and you figured out a way, a legitimate way via the bankruptcy court to keep that home that maybe your bank was going to foreclose upon and sell at auction, it's probably at a discount, and that someone else could have the appreciation of your home over time. Or you could use the protection of the bankruptcy court to preserve your home, keep it for yourself, get out of bankruptcy, and you could have the appreciation of the home. For example, say yeah, your house was worth $500,000 when you filed for bankruptcy net back in uh, 2015. Now here it is four years later, that house is worth a million dollars. Who gets to keep that appreciation if you properly filed a reorganization bankruptcy and dealt with your secured creditor in the bankruptcy? However, if you did a short sale or you let the house go into foreclosure, Someone else would have your old house, now their house, and that $500,000 appreciation. So that's what I try to get my clients to think about because there's many people out there telling them that they shouldn't file for bankruptcy because that means that they're a sinner or they're ripping somebody off or not doing the right thing. And as I've shared with you before, most of my clients are in bankruptcy because an outside event occurred an event over which they had no uh, control, like losing their job or getting their hours cut in half or somebody getting sick. And though, although some people say it's their fault if they got divorced, sometimes it's not in the person's fault. Sometimes people just don't get along. And I got to tell you, once people get divorced, you have two families to take care of as opposed to the one. And that sometimes is a reason why you can't make the mortgage payments on time or make the car payments on time. And bankruptcy gives you an opportunity to not only keep that house, but also cram down the value of the automobile. So what am I talking about? As we all know, 
we, you know, I remember when I bought my first new car on my own without either my dad or my former spouse um, contributing to the finance. I had a big smile on my face because I had the ability to buy the car that I want. But do you know, as soon as I drove that car off the lot, it depreciated substantially. Huge numbers. I mean, you'd be surprised the numbers. 10%, 20% in the first uh, year of ownership. And what if you had to file for bankruptcy and you were able to utilize a concept that's known in bankruptcy of the fair market value? Okay, you might owe $35,000 on a car that you bought six months ago, but it's Current fair market value might only be $20,000 because of accelerated depreciation in automobiles. And what if you were able, as part of your bankruptcy reorganization, to cram down and pay $20,000 as opposed to their balance of the $35,000 that you owe on paper? And suppose you, because you were, you know, relatively young and didn't have a lot of uh, credit history, or maybe you had some dings on your credit and you were paying a substantially high interest rate. One of the things you can also do in bankruptcy is cram down the interest rate. So wouldn't it be nice if you owed $35,000 but only had to pay $20,000 and what if the interest rate was 7.9 and you got it down to 5? That would slice off a substantial amount of your monthly payment And what would I suggest you do with that savings? Save it. Invest it. That's how bankruptcy can be used, or that is what I mean when I say bankruptcy can be used as not only an asset protection, a vehicle to keep your house, keep your car from being foreclosed or repossessed, but also give you the ability to utilize the system legally and legitimately to adjust your debts. That's why corporations file for bankruptcy. That's why PG&E filed for bankruptcy. How are they going to adjust the amount of money that they owe to their secured creditors, to their bondholders, and how are they going to pay off these lawsuits? That's what Sears did. You know, people aren't going into Sears stores anymore. They're shopping online, and they had all this excess capacity. Get rid of it. And that's what Purdue Pharma is going to attempt to do, to stop the family that owns it from being further sued for their contributions to the problems that Purdue Pharma caused. And so that's what I'm trying to get you small business people and families to think about. It is a tool that is part of our Constitution. It's put in our Constitution for a reason. The men that created the Constitution realized that periodically they, as individuals, would be, have to utilize um, the courts, and the, the, the bankruptcy system, to help them get out of debt. The first big debt being those that underwrote uh, the Revolutionary War. So we shouldn't feel ashamed or sad or, or beat ourselves up when we have to basically utilize the bankruptcy court to help us do what we need to do. And the other way bankruptcies can create wealth is something that many individuals, families, and small businesses don't realize. You can buy the assets of other entities or businesses that are in bankruptcy at auctions, and you will get a substantial discount off of the price of those assets. So many, there are many people, just like people hang out at the courthouse 
when there's a foreclosure sale going on, many people tap into newsletters and other uh, outreach vehicles to find out if there's going to be a, a bankruptcy auction. And sometimes, you know, what happens is when you file a Chapter 7, you have to turn over the, your assets to a trustee, and the trustee liquidates them, and that's how they pay some of the unsecured creditors. So I'm going to leave it there for now, and hopefully I explain to you why bankruptcy can be a constructive thing. But as always in leaving here at Selwyn's Law, I tell you we want to stay on the right side of the law, including the U.S. Constitution, the Bankruptcy Code, Bankruptcy Courts, and how they can enhance our financial viability where possible. Till next time, bye-bye. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the law office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.